The message you're about to listen to is from the Abiokuta Believers Meeting 2020, themed The Floodgate. Be blessed and edified as you listen. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We ask that you grant that the least among our numbers will become as strong as David. Let no weakling leave this conference. Let an army that will set up a fortress, a fortress strong enough to defeat the beast of wickedness that is prowling through our territory, let the strong, the mighty, the wise rise from among us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. God bless you. We will take two scripture readings quickly. If you have a seat, you may sit in the name of Jesus. Our first scripture reading will be taken from the book of Luke chapter 10. Then we'll go to the book of John chapter 3. I will read verse 1 so that we can understand the context. And then I will move to the verses of interest that is still within the range of the theological context. Then we'll move to the book of John chapter 3. John chapter 10, verse 1. Then we'll move to verse 17 and complete the reading. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and every place whether he himself will come. So that's the context. Verse 17. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Can you turn now to the book of John chapter 3 quickly, so that we can accomplish our Bible reading for the night. John chapter 3 from verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Hallelujah. There are two terminologies in the Bible that sound similar, but a sustained divergent theological interpretations. Two terminologies. The first terminology is the kingdom of God. And the second terminology is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God happens to be the sphere of God's rule. And there are several scriptures that capture perspectives of the kingdom of God in the Bible. For instance, the Bible says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. So when we are talking about the kingdom of God, we are talking about the rule of God from eternity past into the present and into the future. Because God is not a governor, he's not a president, he's not a prime minister, he's a king. And he runs a kingdom. And there has never been a time that God stopped ruling. So that broad context of God's rulership from eternity past to the present into eternity future is termed the kingdom of God. In the New Testament, we have an additional definition to that broad definition. According to the book of John chapter 3 where we read, Jesus was trying to educate Nicodemus. And in the attempt at educating, he revealed that the kingdom of God is also a sphere of the divine life. Are you with me? I say, are you with me? Stay with me. For instance, the day you give your life to Christ, you were born into the kingdom of God, the sphere that has the operating system of the divine life. Everything that you are going to experience on the path of spiritual pro progress is a product of the investment that already exists in that frame of reference. You don't need anything from the external environment to add to the self-sense of your being in order for you to accurately navigate the path of spiritual progress. The resources that is expected that you need to take advantage of in order for you to be steady on that path is all inherent in the ecosystem of life that you were adopted and admitted into that is powered by the Spirit of God. In fact, the basis of our victorious living is when a believer discerns the implication of having the Holy Ghost upon his heart and he knows how to take advantage of the spiritual capital that is domiciled in him. Such a believer's life will be consistent with the testimony of Scripture and he will do the natural things supernaturally and he will do the supernatural things nat naturally. That's an indication of the fact that you have found the personality by which our infirmities have been designed to be helped by. Are you still with me? 
The second terminology, which is the kingdom of heaven, it's related to the first definition, but it is a subset of this universal set I just mentioned. And uh, whether or not you are going to be a relevant part of God's agenda is dependent on where you operate from. I will explain myself as I progress in the teaching. We will do 45 minutes of teaching. Then we will have to do practicals because the kingdom of God is not... You see, you just wasted some seconds out of my time. Okay, if you want to be happy, be happy once throughout the whole meeting. And don't be happy again. Okay, be happy now. Okay. Glory to God. Now, no more shouting. Just stay with me. In Jesus' name. Listen, please, listen, please, listen. Listen to me. The next phase or the next terminology I want to define is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, because that is how it is used in the book of Matthew. It is only Matthew that mentions the phrase, the kingdom of heaven. No other book in the entire Bible mentions that phrase. And Matthew mentions it 33 times. So it is exclusive to Matthew. And the reason why it is exclusive to Matthew is because Matthew happens to be the book of the kingdom. In the book of Matthew, Jesus is seen as a king. In the book of Mark, Jesus is seen as the slave of God. One that was called to fulfill something that was already written. He was not called to be creative, he was called to be obedient. The book of Luke happens to be the book of the universal grace of God. It is in this book that we see God's capacity and potency to save and how that he can save to the uttermost. It is in that book of Luke that we see lost things like the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. The lost coin was lost, didn't know it was lost and could not do anything about it being lost. The lost sheep was lost. He knew it was lost, but could not do anything about it being lost. The lost son was lost. He knew it was lost, and he could do something about his being lost. And he's saying, any, in any plane you find yourself, Jesus can save to the uttermost. And in the book of Luke, Jesus is seen as a, his name is a representative name. Son of man. Representative of the human race. And what God wanted to do to the human race God had to do to him on behalf of the human race in order to satisfy the claims of divine justice, making the book of Luke the book of the universal grace of God. Is that clear? The book of John is a book of life. It is in the book of John that we discover that what separated Jesus from a normal man was that he was a carrier of a kind of life. And there were 18 manifestations of that life that Jesus expressed that actually proved that Jesus was not a mortal man. He was operating from a civilization that was galvanized by the kind of life that he had. And see, those books are similar, but they are very divergent. It's in the book 
of Matthew that Jesus is presented as the king. That was why it was Matthew that mentioned the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, 33 times. And just in case you want to know about the kingdom, I will recommend that you study the book of Matthew 12 times. And then the scales on your eyes will drop. Hallelujah. Listen. See, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. We'll waste time. Are you here? Good. The kingdom of heaven means the reign of heaven. You are not with me. The kingdom of heaven means that, you know, the government of God is domiciled in the third heaven. That's right. Because the second heaven is the aquarium for demonic forces and spiritual wickedness operating in heavenly realms. Are you with me? Oh my, you are not with me. Let me try one more time. If I don't succeed, then the secret things belong to God. God rules from the dead heavens. Are you here? And a man that is operating from the kingdom of heaven, the government that controls him on earth is from the third heaven. You see, whereas the kingdom of God can be defined as a sphere of life, the kingdom of heaven can be defined as a sphere where the divine authority is potent. That's why I led us to the scripture, John chapter 3. The Bible reads in John 3 that there was a man of the Pharisees whose name was Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, the introduction of that man, Nicodemus, was quite boisterous because we could consider him as a man, we could consider him as a, as a Pharisee, we could consider him as a ruler. We could consider him as a Pharisee. We could consider him as Nicodemus. There were five entry points into that man. The introduction of that man was too boisterous. But you see, when Jesus was addressing the man, there was only one way Jesus could address the man. Are you with me? Jesus addressed him, Nicodemus, the man. Eh? Jesus said, except a man. It means that Nicodemus had to be a man before he became Nicodemus. Had to be a man before he became a Pharisee. Had to be a man before he became a ruler. Hallelujah. So, Jesus addressed him as Nicodemus. What? The man. And in addressing the man, he said, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Two things there. First thing. Jesus was telling the man that you were not born well. That's the first thing. There's a challenge with your, with your birth process. Your limitation is tied to your birth frequency. And the, we can't help you. You are incapacitated by reason of your birth. However, if you become born again, the proof of your being born again is that your receptacle will become activated. 
your receptacle, because the word seed, except a man be born again, he cannot, what? The word seed here is to perceive by the use of senses. You know, before you were born from your mother's womb, at nine months you had eyes in the womb. But those your eyes were not meant for the womb, so they were not relevant at nine months. You had the sense of touch. It wasn't relevant for the womb because you were in another dimension. You had to be born first before your eyes became relevant. Is that true? And Jesus is saying that you have spiritual senses built into your spirit that will lie dormant except you become what? And when you become born again, then this receptacle is now activated by the presence of the Holy Spirit that domiciles your spirit. And then it brings a line of consciousness that was never there before. You begin to become conscious of the things that pertain to the realm of God where his throne is domiciled. Oh, you are not with me. Meanwhile, that was Jesus' organic test for such a person that is truly born again. His receptacle is active. Stay with me. Let me give you a story. Those days in Lagos, there was a transport system called Moloe. It's a very effective means of transport. And there was a friend of mine that used to use that transport so much. And because of the Lagos system, he has to wake up. 5 a.m. in the morning to head for the office. You know, it's just that in recent times, even if you wake up 5 a.m., it doesn't make any difference anymore. But those days, if you can wake up by 5 a.m., you have a guarantee of arriving on time. Because of what Lagos made him, he was a firebrand while we were on campus, but Lagos made him a different creature. His morning devotion was always done in Moloe. This was someone that could spend time to seek the will of God. His approach towards stumbling on the will of God because of the, <laughs> the atmosphere of Lagos was that he will open his Bible randomly and any verse he sees is the word of God for him. That was the civilization he was operating on. And it came to pass. On a day, a very good day, that he, he flipped his Bible open, and the verse that he saw read, And thou shalt not take thy brother Philip's wife. Stay with me. Thou shalt not what? Take thy brother Philip's wife. So he began to meditate on this scripture. Went to the office, couldn't make meaning out of it. Only for him to come back. And the lady has already paid bride price for. And he was waiting for two weeks to get married. Her former fiancé that went to Germany and blanked out showed up while he was in the office. And refunded his own bride price materials. That he was in jail. That's why he blanked out. He had paid bride price before he went to jail. Are you following you are not following. You are not following. You are done what? Pay bride price 
Then he now went to Germany to get some goods. He ended up in jail. So after a while, this my friend now started coming after the lady, and the father said, well, we can't wait forever. So, okay. They made an arrangement. And then that guy, and he happens to be brother Philip, came back from Germany. And they refunded his bright price things were at the corner of the house. And the whole plan had changed. He came back from the office to find this situation. But you know what? A word came to him in the morning through his own civilization. That what? Thou shall not take what? Thy brother Philip's wife. That instruction came from the dead heavens. Meanwhile, he had every legitimacy to claim his right. But because heaven had spoken. Are you with me? And he wanted to be in alignment with that government that was in the third heaven. He had to make a choice to obey. Are you with me? Now, there are two things now. The fact that you gave your life to Christ, the, what it did is that it made your receptacle active. And when your receptacle begins to function, it brings the perception of God's government into your space, your atmosphere, into your life. When the perspective of God's government comes into your life, that's not all. You will have to choose that you want to obey God. That's, are you with me? You are not with me. When you choose that you want to obey God, then it means you have accepted to be ruled by the third heavens. That's when you become a functionary that is operating under the government of the third heavens. That believer is different from the one that just gave his life to Christ. Because the guy that gave his life to Christ is not under government. You can still give your life to Christ and be running the affairs of your life. You marry by wisdom, by human wisdom, and by calculation. Okay, she's working in access bank. That means, uh, what was the salary level? And you went into permutation and combination before you arrived at a decision to marry. Are you with me? Now, unfortunately, 75% of believers are operating on that level of civilization. When God wants to move upon the face of the earth, He can't use kingdom of God people. Unfortunately, unfortunately, most of the discipleship that we received made us competent in operating at the kingdom of God layer. It wasn't discipleship that exposed us to God's government so that we can become a relevant part of God's agenda upon the face of the earth. And meanwhile, excuse me, if, if God in heaven, if you have not come to that point where you recognize his authority, he cannot be powerful in your life. Are you still with me? What is happening in the book of John chapter 3 that I want you to see is that when your receptacle becomes active, what it does is that it brings the consciousness of God's government. And the proof of life is consciousness. If a man is not alive if he's not conscious. The proof that the divine life has begun to make inroads into your life is that the government of God passing through your receptacle is beginning to reach your heart. Then, when you decide 
that my lot and portion is in life is to operate under his influence, under his authority. You are not just operating from the realm of life. Are you with me? You are not with me. You are operating from the realm of authority. So there are several people sitting here. They are born again. The operating system that galvanizes them is the life of God. That's a, that's a miracle. But the reason why you were brought into the realm of life is so that you can see the kingdom. You can perceive the kingdom. And by reason of your choices, you can now enter into that space where the rule of heaven will control your, your existence. Because one of the reasons why God needs to exercise his authority is because if God doesn't exercise his authority in your life, his divine purpose in your life will never come to pass. Have you ever go around the streets of Abelkota, you'll find maybe a conductor on the bus. And then maybe through the gift of word of knowledge, you were able to pick that. This guy was supposed to be an evangelist. The reason why he will not be an evangelist is because he has not entered into the space where God's authority can manipulate him. As long as the authority of God cannot manipulate you, the purpose of God in your life will never come to pass. And please help me preach to your neighbor as long. You see, coming to church and speaking in tongues doesn't change anything. At the end of the day, the people that will be entities that God will be looking at for the fulfillment of His plan upon the face of the earth are those ones that are under the influence of His authority and He manages them from the third heaven. Most of our evangelical campaigns, when we want to lead somebody to Christ, we say, accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It means that the old revivalists knew that the purpose of salvation is so that we can enter into the kingdom and operate from there. There was no salvation plan in the Garden of Eden because God wasn't planning for man to fall. The only plan in Eden was kingdom. Salvation was a remedial procedure to restore us back to the government of God. And today we preach people that are rebellious to God happy. And what we have done is that we have produced a church that is infantile, that is not strategic in the agenda of God. Our numbers may not count for kingdom activity when there are only a few people that subscribe to the government of the kingdom of God. This is that day where the gospel of the kingdom will be reborn so that we understand that um, our usefulness to God is consistent with our submission to his authority. In the model, the principle of rebellion as his working principle. And Jesus came and modeled the principle of obedience as his own working principle. If we are descendants of Jesus... It means that obedience is our working principle. What you, what you secure by faith, that salvation that you secure by faith, you grow in its dividends and its implication by obedience. We have weak Christianity and wicked Christianity. Because we are lawless, a lawless generation. We are men that lack conviction. So anything that is raining, we are up for it. We are not rooted. We are not grounded. Because we don't know the king. 
We think the options are many. But when you begin to work with this thing, you will realize that there is only one path. And it, it is narrow, very narrow. Anytime there's no amen, it means God is at work. Listen to me. Our forefathers have said that one of the destinies of the Nigerian church is that we are going to raise a warrior church, an army. It's just that uh, most of our brothers in the south have not heard the drums of war for a long time. That the war even began before we were born. And a beast of reckless wickedness prowling through the land seeking to take anything that is on his part. Only men that have authority with God can fight in the battle of this day. I speak in parables. I'm saying... That our weak Christianity that doesn't have the kingdom in its center will not survive the winter. Hallelujah. If that army will ever rise, then the gospel of the kingdom must be restored. Let me take you on a journey. Are you still with me? Second scripture to support what I just said will be Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Still trying to differentiate between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And my duty tonight is to orchestrate a passage so that everyone will move from this free trade zone where there is no king and move to that constricted path that is regulated by a throne in the heavens. When we operate that way, the implication will not be emotional. The direct effect is that the, the gate of Hades will not prevail. Are you with me? Okay, let's do Matthew 7 quickly as I, as I jump out. Matthew chapter 7. I would like us to see verse 21. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. He said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let's stop there for now. We'll go to part B of the scripture. Do you still remember that scripture that says that everyone that calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? So the guys that said, Lord, Lord, were actually saved. But he's saying that not everyone that has said, Lord, Lord, shall enter into that domain where God's authority is active. So not every believer that is in the kingdom of God is operating from the kingdom of heaven. I hope you know, we don't have time for that, but 60% of the theological arguments that we sustain in our theological circles are as touching the book of Matthew. I don't want to dabble into it. If I had time, would I played around a few scriptures, some very difficult scriptures, would have brought them out to analyze. This one is one of them. He said, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
Not every believer in the church. So you can be running a church, and the church you are running is to pastor people that have said, Lord, Lord. And you have, you have pampas for them, for, for poo. You have all kinds of stuff, and you are just doing Lord, Lord stuff. But the real issues find expression when we enter into the realm of God's reality. And God is a king. Whereas we entered into the kingdom of God through regeneration by an act of faith on the finished works of Jesus. The organic side of that reaction is regeneration. Are you with me? You will enter into the kingdom of heaven. The recipe is there. Who will enter into the kingdom of heaven? He that doeth what? The will of my Father. You see, when we now go into the kingdom of heaven, that's where what matters there is his authority, it is his will, it is his divine purpose, his good pleasure. That's the atmosphere that embodies that, that dimension. Left to me, I wanted to be a lecturer. I could cram those days when I was on campus. I don't know if the ability was still there. I could cram 735 pages of my handout. And I can recite it. I, had that, I discovered that ability when I was in secondary school. It was easy for me to make an A. And not even know the course because I could lift it. leave the textbook. I don't know what is there, but I can produce what is inside of it. So I wanted to be a lecturer because of the carnal ambition. My drive to become a lecturer was to walk into the class with my left hand in my pocket and then give people notes from my brain. When I go for Chem 104 is from my brain, Chem 304 is from my brain, I wanted to end the name The Great Mind. In this, our, own, our days of love, love, that will be spectacular. And this is a champion in all things. And I was not a novice. I was good at what I did. I went to pray one night and Jesus said, of all the things written about you, being a lecturer is not one of them. Are you with me? I said, I bind. You see, because when you begin to operate at that point, the kingdom level, in that <laughs> arena of the kingdom of heaven, you will discover that your, the flesh, your flesh is opposed to government. And if you are good, it is not the nature of man to submit. And you will not know until... That ambition of yours that is hanging on the strongest layer of your flesh begins to speak. And for me, it was to show the world that I was intelligent. Glory to God. And God saw that I would disobey. And because he wanted to help the boy, what he did was that I crammed one day, entered into the hall, then he touched my head, and the whole thing now... You are not with me. There is something called a cross. 
Just like the maze in the House of Senate, if, if the, there's no legislative session that takes place without the maze. Spiritual protocols in your life that need to administer the protocol of death. I hope you know our scope of experience is limited to the processes that Jesus went to. Jesus died. It means there is an experience of death that is captured in the Lord. There will be no amen till I finish. But you see, it is not amen that produces power. Are you, are you still with me? There is death. There is an administration of death in the experience of Christ. You don't understand. Okay. If I take a pen and put in this my handkerchief and travel with this handkerchief to Ilefe, where would the pen be? The pen is a mere victim because it is domiciled in this handkerchief. It has no choice. It's anywhere the handkerchief goes that it goes. Is that true? So God, by an act of his authority, included you in Christ. So you are a victim. Anywhere Christ goes, that's where you will go. Christ died, you died. Christ resurrected, you resurrected. Christ ascended, you did what? You are clapping? Don't clap. Because the death of Christ has an experience. An experience to everything that you want to hold on to that is inconsistent with his will. He will administer death on that thing. My desire to lecture was noble. My father was excited about my dream to lecture. Do you understand? The whole family. I was going to be a professor. Hallelujah. Is that not a good ambition? But you see, there is an experience of death that is in Christ Jesus. And that death, the reason why the death, there's an authority to administer the death is because of the, that thing called the cross. Because the cross has proclaimed death to anything that is not part of the new creation. It is because the cross made that proclamation of death that the Holy Spirit can administer death on that my ambition that is not part of God's way. And how did he do it? It was not palatable. Oh, you know, and that dealing continued until my ambition died. So for the first time I had to write a carryover. And the pride that I had was a vast to carry over. So I went to buy spectacles. You know these dark goggles. Death is not good. Mm. Mm. By experience, right? it is not a good experience, but the result is wonderful. God will never have a man that will submit to him if that protocol of death is not administered. In Christ Jesus, there is a resurrection. So there is an experience of resurrection that you are going to have. Not once, not twice. It's an experience. It's, 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 it's a module that is, that is written across your entire part of spiritual progress. Are you have you read the scripture that says it is the spirit of God that quickens the flesh of his nothing? That quickening experience is resurrection. And that quickening experience operates on different layers. Are you with me? 
in order for you to even know the will of God in the first place, you were quickened to an energy level. In order for you to tap into the frequency of God's thought, it was a quickening experience. It's, it's, it's an integer of, of resurrection. The scope of your experience is dependent on the process that Jesus went through in order to situate you in the heavenly realms far above principalities and powers, which is your current status of reality. Are you with me? When last did you hear of death? Death. Because Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and what this, uh, uh, that I may fellowship also in his sufferings and be made conformable unto the kind of death that he died. Not a master apostle that is telling us the scope of experience that is captured in our work with God until every ambition that we have that is not consistent with God's will dies the death coming under the intense dealings of the Holy Ghost. When Jesus finished with me in that my campus experience, I died to lecturing. And lecturing also died to me. Are you with me? Guess what happened? The first employment I had was lecturing. Even after that process. Are you here? So, in keeping with the perspective of the kingdom of heaven, I had to make a choice. Even though I was dead to it, when it came, I rejected it. Not because I had another opportunity, but because in order for me to operate in the kingdom of heaven, at some point, I will need to make a choice to serve the will of God as my preoccupation. Choosing to serve the will of God looks like foolishness to many people that don't have the dealings that you have had. Oh, you are not here. Alright. This is the first part of the kingdom experience. Where God works His authority into you, you accept His authority. So that your soul that is rebellious is beaten into shape and it lines up and it bows to God's will. It's a very hectic spiritual process that is not palatable. But anybody that doesn't have that process should not be trusted. He doesn't have a king. He's going to cause trouble. He's going to be an object, an obstacle. Because in the book of Hosea, the Bible says that there was a time in Israel... Okay. Are you here? I think I need to read that scripture before I continue. Is it Hosea chapter 4? Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me look for it. I think I need the scripture. There are three scriptures like that. The first of all, the Bible says that there was a time when there was no king in Israel. 
and everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. That is the era of ambition. Anything you felt was um, the aspect of your life that came to you most naturally. You would build your anchor on that aspect. That's what success motivational preachers preach. That thing that comes to you naturally. To me, cramming was what came to me naturally. And I wanted to build a destiny on cramming. And the king interrupted. Motivational preachers say, go to where you are celebrated. Meanwhile, Jesus said, when you were young, you went everywhere you went. Now that you have become old, someone holds you by your hand and takes you to places you don't want to go. When you begin to become a kingdom man, you'll find out that your friends will reduce. Yes, you can even stay for 10 years without a friend. 12 years without a friend. If you really walk like that, it is only God that can give you a wife. Yes. The reason why it is difficult for you to find a wife is because you are in the marketplace. The voices are many. When you start walking the narrow path, you walk that path for a long time without finding somebody to greet good morning. That's where you learn how to protect hearing. It's not in the market. It's not in the Bible school. You perfect hearing in the wilderness. Where you need to survive by hearing. Do you understand? Abraham, God said, come out of thy country, from thy kingdom, from thy father's house. Go to the land I will show you. No address. I will be giving you small, small dreams, word of knowledge, visions. And that is what will constitute the map of navigation. That means Abraham cannot quarrel with God. But you can quarrel. It's because your life doesn't depend on him. You are in another frame of reference. And in that place, they celebrate carnal people. Those of you here that have a call on your life, be determined from tonight that you will not pastor people in the, and make them comfortable in the kingdom of God. Your ministry will connect a bridge so that they can come under heaven's rule. If not, you are part of the problem. We have an infantile church in Nigeria. Even though we have a strong destiny that the devil has seen and released millions to overtake us as a people. They are afraid of what we do not know. Our enemies. But it was captured in our heritage. That an army will rise from this land. Men that are held under the influence of the authority of God. Are you with me? This is one of the scriptures I wanted to bring, but I don't have time to search out my Hosea. In those days, there was no king in Israel. So, if your Christianity is kingless, your life will be characterized by rebellion, anarchy, no government. You can fornicate small sometimes, then you come back and take the blood and say, blood of Jesus. I could see more Korea. When they are cheating, you cheat. And you come back and say, take me as I am. I've come as I am. Hallelujah. It's a man without conviction. That means it's amorphous. It's shapeless. 
He cannot be trusted. Even God will not trust him. Until he has dealings that brings him under the influence of the government of God. And he stays true to that government. That man at that time becomes an agent for the kingdom of God. Because God has worked his authority into his heart and into his soul. So first, the authority of God will be worked into you before it is worked through you. Now, the second scripture that I read is in the book of Luke chapter 10. In the book of Luke chapter 10, Jesus called 70 people and he gave them authority so that they can go and herald the kingdom in towns and villages that he himself will eventually visit. Their duty was to extend the frontiers of the kingdom, the influence of the government of God. You cannot be one of the 70 if you are not operating in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven will, first of all, be distilled upon your heart. And you will align to that rule from your heart first and foremost. Then eventually, God will now use you as an agent to extend the influence of that rule territorially. We come from meetings and people think that because you fell down, you will go back and begin to manage something for God. And that's why all the things you try to do, you met with demons and you didn't have any authority over them. Just like the seven sons of Skiba, you have no record in the spirit realm for obedience under the government of the king. So you cannot expel devils, even though it is your heritage. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Oh, you are not with me. Well, mm, in the sector where I work, in the sector, 90% of the money of, of this country comes from that sector. When they were training us to work there, it was uh, Thomas Houston's manual that they used to train us. One of the brightest minds in the oil industry in the U.S. from Texas. We cram, like, like we used to do before, we cram the manual going to engage on the field. By the time we got to the field, we saw that we didn't need the manual. We met people, spiritual men. Yes. In one of the places I walked, in the night, one of the brothers that I was praying with, because I, got, I knew him on ground, we started relating as a believer, he called me by 2 a.m. and said, they are burying something close to your office. By 2 a.m. I know years, calendar years, that God spoke to me and said, don't eat as long as the sun is up. As a strategy for, for insulation from demonic presence that was brought into that atmosphere. And after two years, and I was not paralyzed, they came and said, you are part of the cult. Hallelujah. So you think your certificate can make you stand for Jesus. I'm talking about an industry of sophisticated people that you think those people have nothing to do with Shongo. But they bring sacrifice to the office. It is only you that came without spirits. The other people are loaded with, with power. And you say you want to stand for righteousness in that place and, and you are not known in heaven. Nothing follows you. 
then we'll wait for our redemption. It will not come through, through you. We have no record of loyalty to Jesus. And we are talking about taking nations. My problem started in ministry when I went in 2009 for a foreign trip. After doing what happened there and came back, our building got burnt. Are you with me? So I went to ask the Lord, what is it? Did I wrong you? Sorry. He said, no, it has nothing to do with you. It's just an announcement of the fact that you need more energy. That's 2009. Is this a feedback from your mission? Ah, feedback. You know that feedback? The keyboard went with feedback. All my spoken ministry for 10 years melted with feedback. It was my spoken ministry, every tape melted. You know our saving grace? We copied some to Lagos. So we had to go to Lagos to, to feed back our data bank. Because everything in the archives got burnt with fire. So I went to hide myself for another five years. Because after five years, I came out again. Hallelujah. You have not hidden yourself. You are showing yourself. You are empty. You have nothing to deliver. Let's stop fooling ourselves around and giving ourselves names. Do you know the king? If Jesus has not demanded anything from you, he doesn't think you are serious. It's when he now believes that you are serious, he will now say, okay, um, you will not do that matter. Do you realize that as punishment for my rebellion, pastor, as punishment for my rebellion, he says, your education finishes at BSE level. Yes. I know that from the Lord. And I will never be in any academic class again until my days are accomplished. Meanwhile, that was the area I felt I had the greatest capacity. If Jesus has not demanded anything from you, don't boast in his name. Don't boast. Because that name you are using, you are using it as an imposter. The people that he sent in the book of Luke chapter 10, to extend the frontiers of the kingdom, the Bible says he gave them authority. There were two things Jesus did not consider before that apostolic dispatch. The first thing was, he did not consider their level of maturity. Because they have different levels of maturity. Secondly, Jesus did not consider the terrain they were going to operate. Because the people that were going, that are going to, to Igabode, Jesus did not consider the terrain. Why didn't he consider the terrain? Because the terrain is different. Abelkota is different from Ejabode. But he didn't consider that. The Bible says he gave them authority. It is only people that he has worked his authority in their hearts that he can now release his authority to walk through them in the territory. I have served this nation with integrity. The places I have walked is because nobody could walk there. You send somebody becomes paralyzed. You send another person, he now compromises, and there's problem everywhere. 
they will now send me there. When you now go there, you need to take a fast for seven months first. I'm not talking about fasting for crusade. I'm saying fasting to, to operate in an office and to install Jesus. Yes. We mobilize every power of darkness that is operating in that. Mm. If you, you have not learned the basic lesson of casting out devils from people yet, so you can't cast devils from territories. You will start from people before you cast out devils from territories. When you have started territorial work, then you now know how to disarm an altar. A ruling platform. How to disarm it. And as you go deeper in obedience, deeper in submission, the authority of the kingdom of your life will become stronger. Are you with me? I saw somebody on Facebook was trying to make a case, a theological case of how that masturbation is not a sin. Um, it's, and I, I heard him out. So I now picked out the flaws in his statement. The first major flaw in his statement is that he doesn't see that the blood deals with what we have done and the cross deals with who we are. In his message, he has removed the cross from his presentation. When you remove, there are several things in the Bible you remove from the New Testament theology, Christianity becomes a cult. One is a cross. If you remove the cross, it means you have accepted the old creation as something that God can bless. It is when preachers are determined to preach kingless Christianity, that's the lens to which they go. Their gospel cannot occasion transformation. And the proof of ministry is that what you are doing transforms the life. What are the elements of transformation in the Bible? No time tonight. What we have seen over the years is kingless. It will not survive the winter. We have had to stand against witchcraft, not in, just in the offices, in territories. I can't go into detail today because they are streaming this in life. If we were together in a place where we can talk, I will tell you things. These my eyes have seen, have seen the glory of God. These eyes. The days of hard measures and talk is over. What we have now can only be solved by kingdom men. Are you with me? These guys that Jesus sent to go forth and proclaim the kingdom. When they came back, I would like you to see their testimony in verse 17 of um, Luke chapter 10. This was their assessment. This was their feedback. This was their testimony. And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons, is it Jesus didn't send them to demons? Send them to territories. Send them to people. Preach the goodness, preach the kingdom. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. 
Did they mention demons there? Then they went out, and in their engagement, they were touching another kingdom. They now discovered, the word demon here is diamonium. It means deity. Like the one human beings worship. A being that can command human worship. This, that's what they meant. The guys they were going to preach to were under the influence of beings that, that commanded them to worship. So in order for them to reach those guys, they had to confront the diamonium. Just like we were sent to the oil industry as regulators with Thomas Houston's books as, as, as um, our knowledge bank. We were proficient in the books. We knew what was in the books. We knew the logistic systems that, that and all the English terminologies. Oh, you need to hear me talk about that book. If I make a presentation here, you will like it. When we went to the field, we didn't need the book. We met Diamonium. You think what is holding the destiny of this nation is in a textbook? <laughs> wake up from your slumber. Wake up. <laughs> we seek a man of sufficient stature that can break the alignment of demonic infrastructures and set sectors and set men and set territories and liberty. That's the only gospel that will break us from bondage. Men that have kingdom authority. Men that Jesus can save. Hallelujah. Two things before I close. So that I don't take your time. Do you realize that the guys that were sent to the field, what did they meet? Diamonium. Do you know that Jesus didn't go to the field? Jesus was in the control room. Was in the prayer room. Jesus was regulating the activity on the field through prayer. The spiritual entity Jesus saw was different from the one they saw. They saw diamonium. But Jesus saw Satan. Fall what? Like lightning. From where? If you give me 15 minutes, I will show you the difference. And I will show you why many intercessors in Nigeria are under demonic attack? Can we try? Okay. In order for us to do a good theological job, we need to take advantage of the law of first mention. Let me show you the Adam of the Bible. The scope of authority that God intended him to operate in. Exactly. Can we do that? Alright, so. Come with me to the book of Genesis chapter, chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26, if you have it, you can display it on the screen. And God said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. Let them have dominion. Over what? As the first level of the authority, the fish of the sea. Over what? The beds of the earth, the beds of the heavens. Over what? 
the castle of the earth, over what? Over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. That's the scope of man's authority. And man's authority is atmospheric. Somebody say atmospheric. Okay. okay. Go to the book of um, Ephesians chapter 6 quickly. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, over spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. Are you with me? Oh my. Principalities. That's number one. Powers. Number two. The rulers of the darkness of this world. That's number three. I hope you know that their names were captured in terms of ascending order of influence. So the list in this list is the principality. I don't have time to explain. Then the next in the list is what? In fact, some principalities, when they secure a party, are you with me? Okay. That word principalities is a dual word. Prince and party. It means spirits that need a territory to exercise their authority. Have you read the, the scripture that says, give Satan no place? A, a prince. So a principality is an expert in securing territory for demonic management. That is special. Securing what? A principality can secure a territory. But it doesn't have the authority to maintain the territory. So it will go and seek the services of a power. A power is a spirit that has a unique ability. You know a power by ability. Even in elementary physics, what is, it? What is power? The ability to do. We can't talk about power without ability. And so this principality wants to secure this space. He goes and looks for a spirit that has an ability that they can use within the space to make him keep the territory. That's why Demons operate in a gang. There is something called a demonic gang. That madman of Gadara, he had legions of spirits in him. That is, legion means 2,000 to 12,000. Those were the spirits that abode him, but it was only one that was talking. It was the one that secured him as a ground that was talking. The rest were brought in to help that one secure the territory. Exactly. Oh, you are not with me. Okay. Then we have the rulers. The rulers are very intelligent. That know that as long as you are submitting to their laws, you are paying allegiance to them. So the rulers will tell the community how to bury people. How to marry people. How to, if your first child is twins, what to do? As long as you are doing it, you are unconsciously under the influence of this group. What I'm drawing your attention to is the first, second, and third dimensions are territorial. Principalities, powers, and rulers. And territorial. Those are the ones that the people Jesus sent met. 
The other one, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly place, is not territory. It's in the heavens. Man has authority to deal with three of them. By way of jurisdiction. If you try to deal with spiritual wickedness, it is beyond your scope of authority. And I'm saying that I've seen many good men die because in the intercessory engagement that went beyond their jurisdiction. If I, I wish we have time. Are you here? So when they sent them to the field, they met territorial spirits and Jesus dealt with It means every man that Jesus sends, Jesus does not send him alone. There's something he does in the control room to make for his success on the ground. If it is true that Jesus sent you, the only way we will know is the authority that you have to do his will. The mark of the kingdom on the life of a man is the level of authority that he has. That's the theory aspect of my lecture. It's time for practical. This practical is to illustrate authority. Is to do what? When I illustrate authority, then I will continue the teaching for five minutes before I pray and run away. If you are here, for instance, are you with me? If you are here and one of your ears is deaf, stand up. If you are here, one of your ears is dead. Stand up. Wave like this so that I will see you. One. Two. Huh? That's two. Oh my God. Oh, the light is not allowing me to see. Um, at least we have some people now. Okay. Take this finger. Can you see me? Put it in the ear that cannot hear. If it's this one, take this finger. Close the ear that cannot hear. Follow my instruction. Don't do anything outside what I'm saying. Is that clear? You know when the disciples came back from their mission, they said even the devils were subject to us in your name. It is only men that have been subject to authority that know the power that is in the name of Jesus. I'm not seeing you. So have you done what I said? I said take a finger, block the ear that cannot hear. No, this thing is too far. All of you, come. Come. Let, let the light not block you.
that before Jesus sent them out, he gave them electric. Is that strength? Remove every sound that is not strength. If you are using two keyboards, no. Just the keyboard on strength. Now listen. Are you here? I say, are you here? Before Jesus sent them forth, Jesus had educated them and told them that you can release my authority by using my name. Okay? He told them that. Then he sent them forth. And whether or not they believed in themselves was not a matter. The thing was that they went with the authority of God and it could be released through his name. That was the lecture. And they went to every terrain. So can you still obey me? Because you have stopped obeying me. I gave an instruction. You see? That's how difficult it is for people to obey. Just obey. Even if the obedience will bring you good, people are not used to it. I didn't say pray, mommy. I didn't say pray. I just said put your hand in your ear. Right? Just for tonight, only tonight. Just obey. Camera people, can you? Kai. Please look at. Don't make a scene here. Don't make a scene. Jesus. Leave them. Please. Please. Can you leave them? Leave them. Leave them. Put your hand in the ear. That's all. Okay. I want to pray in the name of Jesus because that's how we release his authority. The reason why they are deaf is because there is a deafening spirit that is at work. So I want to bind it, cast it in the name of Jesus. I'm showing you because it's not something you can't do. If I have time, I'll show you a scripture where the disciples used the same formula, but the demons didn't go. And if there was nothing wrong with the name, it was the people that carried the name that everything was wrong with. Because those people were not yet operating the kingdom of heaven. So, Satan could not recognize them. For two minutes, can you pray for them? Two minutes, just two minutes. Two minutes. we give you glory, we give you praise. Keyboard man, hold on. Keyboard man, I didn't say reduce the volume, I said hold on. I'm waiting for you to hold on, then I'll stop. Father, in the name of Jesus, tonight I bring this once before you, and I bind every deafening spirit. I command you, deafening spirit, be bound now. 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 In the name of Jesus. Now I command you to come out of the ears. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Remove your hand from there. Cover the ear that can hear. Cover the ear that can hear now. 
I say cover the ear that can hear. Not the one that can't hear. The one that was good. Cover it. Um, Usher, this is time for you to walk. Test the ears that could not hear. Test now. Cover the one that can hear like this. So that, cover it like this. Bro? Uh-huh. Test it. If you can hear. Can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear? Test, test. Help me test. Help me test. No, no. See, see them. I say stand here, stand here, stand here, stand here. Kai. Stand here. Please, don't clap again. Because I can't tell who you were clapping for, whether it was me. So, I will teach you how to clap for Jesus. You don't, you obviously don't know. So, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Leave the keyboard, leave the keyboard. We won't use keyboard again. Where's bro? Come. For how many years has this year been giving you problems? Close to six years now. Close to six years now. Twenty what? Twenty-six. Okay. Climb here, climb. Now, he has a challenge with his hearing and it is twenty-six years old. Even he himself doesn't believe that this kind of small prayer can expel the demon. Should I tell you something about authority? How many of you have watched a match pass before? And people are, somebody say, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. And if there are 1,000 people doing, it's only one man that controls them. So if there are 2,000 devils, one man can say, hey! Did you see that? Now, so this is authority. We are still in the lecture. We have not started. The, this is practical for the lecture. For this, my lecture. First. 26 years. Now, when I prayed, did you feel anything on your body or you just realized that the ear opened? Yes, sir. I realized that the ear opened. Now, he, he didn't even feel anything. Should I tell you something? Authority is not a feeling. I know Jesus. I know him well. So he's the one that gave me authority. So if you want to clap, don't clap for me because I don't have anything. Do you understand that? And I will never take that clap from you. And in fact, I'm going to repent because you clap. When I get to the room, I'm going to repent this night. Because I didn't come here for your clap. I know the way to authority is Jesus that gives it. Is that clear? There's another kingdom tool. It's called power. This one now is authority. That's what takes demons away. Is that clear? Don't worry. In the next 15 minutes, we'll do a miracle service here. Your doubts will be cleared. Don't worry. But learn so that you can do what I'm doing now on the field. Are you here? Now, the next I want to show you is power. Can you hear in that ear now, sister? Where's the ear? Did you feel anything on your body? No. 
See, she didn't feel anything on her body, but she just realizes that her ear can hear. Is that clear? All right. Now, there are two people among you. All of you. No, remove your hand. Remove your hand. There are two people among you that God wants to empower. This empowerment will make you able to do what I'm doing. Two of you that came, including you. I don't know whether it's you, but stand here. So I want to pray. That person disturbing us with your phone is a wrong time. Just remove the battery of that phone and throw it somewhere. After the service, go and look for it. Are you with me? All right. So there are two people, two, two among you. God wants to use you to be doing what I'm doing. And there's only one way I will find out. I will ask him to anoint you. Father, in the name of Jesus, she can't hear English. Okay, explain to her. Alright, so, I'll pray now and then God will show me the two people. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask those two among them that you intend to use mightily. I ask that you anoint them. Anoint them. Anoint them. Anoint them. Anoint them. Anoint them. Let your hand come upon them. Let your spirit descend. Let your spirit descend. Let your spirit descend stronger. 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 Show me the second one. Show me the second one. Show me the second one. Holy Ghost. Now, this one is power. Father, in the name of stop praying. Just learn how to follow instructions. Don't do what you want. It's time to receive. Lord, these ones will be helping me in the next 25 minutes. Now I ask that you equip them with the ability to help them. That your hand might come upon seven of them as a sign that you have accepted. Seven of them. Seven. One. Two. Three. Four. Seven of them. Seven. 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 Let it come strong. Strong. Five. Come stronger. Six. Come stronger. On the crown of your head. To the soles of your feet. It comes stronger. Okay, it means he has accepted that we will, will work like a team now. Spread yourself in the congregation. A revival comes to our land, our nation. The topography of Christianity is about to change. The things we have celebrated for 25 years. The Lord will cut it off. And he will bring that which is true that comes from his layer of government. Men, some among us, will be given kingdom authority. That even the land of Hades will recognize your authority. When you speak into Hades, it will release his captives. I have seen it. I declare it because I have seen it. I was there in heaven when a meeting was held over this nation. Our time has come. I, I give you a parable. The Egyptians that you see today, you will see them no more. 
this conference go. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Freely you have received. Freely feel. God will attend to your life with this authority in the name of Jesus. There are 14 people in the congregation. The Lord gives you the gift of healing. The anointing will descend upon you from the count of 1 to 14. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, tonight, the spring of encounters, I behold a veil like a linen garment descend from heaven. There is a young lady at the age of 13, the presence of God used to clothe you. At the age of 17, you lost that presence. Tonight, the presence comes back and it comes with so much intensity. He will visit your bedroom. He will visit you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. It has begun. Just like Jesus sent the 70. He's sending you tonight. He's sending you tonight. He's sending you tonight. He's sending you tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I ask that you bestow a blessing on every participant of this conference. Let there be a blessing. A blessing. A blessing. A blessing. A blessing. A blessing. In the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you. Listen. Me, I'm sent. Are you, I'm not a preacher. You understand? I'm not a preacher. I am a messenger. Preachers will pray for you. Messengers will not. I was sent. And I will do... You will honor my master. If not, I don't have business with you. That's my own way. Because I am not a preacher. I am a messenger. Tonight, God wants to raise messengers in the church in Nigeria. And it's our destiny as captured in prophecy. That in our day we'll see corruption die a natural death. The power of the occult will be turned to nothing. 
and the brilliance of the church of Jesus will awake out of the woods. There is a process that is going on right now and God is processing his people. Even the best of his stock is taking them through high temperature and pressure so that they can burn out every ambition. And then we can be worthy conduits to communicate this reality. The ones that are praying and fasting and seeking to align, he is putting pressure upon them. Because there is a product that he wants. The island of men operating in the kingdom of heaven is different from the mainstream church. Something is about to happen. I've heard the shofar of heaven being blown that this new season that God has announced, it will never be revoked. Only if an ear that hears will lead you to where God is now. I pray for you. I pray for you that when you come before the Lord and you begin to perform a service, I beg you, please mean what you are doing. Mean it from your heart. Don't ever do anything if you don't mean it. Demons were after me. They wanted to cut me off even from the womb. So when I came to my senses at the age of seven, I told Jesus, I don't know what you will do with this, but I dash you, me, take. And from that day, when I made that vow, I didn't take myself back. That was why his hand could walk on me, even against my way, many years later. Can you dash yourself to Jesus? See, I'm not worth much, but this life will be spent to serve your way. That was my dedication. I don't care what is raining. What I care about is what God is saying. There's a difference between a preacher and a messenger. May you know this king. May you love this king. And may you serve this king. In the name of Jesus.